The Go and Grow Show, Episode 7, The Conscious Christian. In this episode, we discuss why Christians should care about social injustice and how some Christian artists have used their platform to address social issues. Welcome to The Go and Grow Show with Bree and C, a podcast created to help you unplug from pop culture and into Christ. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Um, I'm, this is Bree. I'm here with uh, my friend Welty. Our co-host C is sick. We ask that you keep her in your prayers that she has that she gets well soon and that she has a speedy recovery. Do um, you want to tell them a little about you, Welty? Hi, um, I'm Welty. I am currently living in Central Florida. I'm currently a nurse, and I'm here with Bree, whom I have. Um, known for a little while, a little bit over a year now, um, and have a great opportunity of co-leading with her in a group called Pinky Promise in uh, Tampa, Florida. So I'm happy to be here and um, can't wait to sort of fill in this place. Hopefully I'll meet the standards of C in her absence. Digging right into it, we just got over Black History Month in February, and we're in March, and there are lots of uh, great moments for Black History, Black Achievement made in, in February. Some of them include, uh, of course, Beyonce at Super Bowl, uh, Kendrick Lamar's performance at the Grammys, and I was thinking earlier about what was my favorite Black History Month uh, moment last month, and my favorite moment personally was the airing of the Black Panther special on PBS. I thought it was very uh, informational. Um, a lot of people don't know about those types of groups. I'm sure they aren't being taught about in school. So it was a good way for uh, families to get together and kind of see um, how that group had an influence on history, how they were started. Um, what was your favorite moment, Welty? Um, I would probably have to say there was a, another special on um, a channel called Good TV. Um, they did a special on MLK where it was a, a special interview with him um, on the Mer- Merv Griffin show. It was really cool to see Dr. King sort of almost, I guess, live in, the, in that day, but to see the recording um, today. Um, that's something I've never seen before. Um, I've never seen him live in action. I've always seen photographs on the Internet. So just to see him talk and how he conducted himself and how intelligent he was. And he was very informative about the issues at that time. Um, I, know, I believe at that time it was um, they were in the Vietnam War, um, his stance on justice. Um, I encourage anybody to look up the Murph Griffin show and watch that interview. It was really enlightening. So that was probably my favorite, one of the highlights of, of Black History Month for me. That's interesting because we, the, the glimpses that we get of Martin Luther King are really, you know, in photographs, black and white pictures. It's even you get surprised sometimes when you see those color photos um, when they, I guess, they retouch the pictures. Yeah. And you hear the speeches, but to actually, I guess, see an interview, that must have been really interesting. Yeah, very interesting. It was, I was, I loved every minute of it. I couldn't, I was glued to the TV just to hear him speak. Yeah, it's really cool. Okay. Uh, so our, our topic for this episode is um, being a conscious Christian. And the first question I have 
is, do you think God cares about social injustice? And I think he does, especially um, if you look at some Bible verses. I have one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament. And the one from the Old Testament is Isaiah 117. Um, let me pull that up. It's learn to do good, seek justice, reprove the ruthless, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. And given some context on this scripture, it's... Um, God giving Isaiah a vision about um, the his his people, the Israelites, and he's just talking about how they they've fallen out of line with God, how they aren't um, following His commands, and he's giving Isaiah a vision just about how how they're not uh, following on what He's told them to do, and He's giving them instructions on what they should be doing. So He talks about learning to to good to do good, seeking justice. And the scripture in the New Testament is Acts 10.34, which follows, um, and it's good to read the whole chapter of, uh, of Acts 10, because it talks about the, I guess, the story of Peter and Cornelius, who was a, he wasn't in the, the Jewish community, he was a centurion, but God still wanted Peter to meet up with Cornelius. He had a, a plan for them to meet. But and Peter had some reservations, even though he, he had had a vision from God, and God was showing him that things that are unclean, which sometimes people who aren't, who people who aren't Jewish, sometimes they eat meats that, um, that, that aren't clean. And Peter didn't want to eat them, but God was showing him that anything that I said is clean, is clean. And then when Peter and Cornelius finally met, he said in verse 34 that he sees now, I'm just paraphrasing it because it's not coming up, but that he sees that God is no respecter of persons. And I think that points out to show that he, God sees us all the same and that he wants us to see each other as the same. That he talks about, in other scriptures, about us loving others as ourselves and not just the people that we know, but the people who we don't know, he tells us to love our neighbor. And our neighbor can be so many different uh, types of people. Our neighbors usually aren't just like us. Um, our neighbors are different cultures. Our neighbors are different classes, different, um, just different characteristics that we have to learn. And um, we, we learn about their uh, cultures and things through them. So we never know what, and this is, I guess, another topic, but learn things we can learn from other people. And around the world and even here in, in our country, we see people not getting treated fairly. And it should cause us, it should cause us to have concern. It should stir our hearts. Our hearts should be stirred for those people we see getting treated unfairly. Um, what do you think, Walty? Um, yeah, just justice is an interesting word because you have to be careful not to define it according to um, human standards. And I think um, as a Christian, one of the things that I had to learn about justice is I had to see it through the eyes of God. And so um, taking the time to, like you were saying, reading the scripture and learning what justice meant. Um, and it's, it's definitely not a place where you can... Um, 
judge. And I think that's what um, prevents us as humans is because we're not um, righteous judges, you know, and and we base um, justice off of what we see and not um, off the hearts of men and, and the things that God can see that maybe we don't get with our, our in our human nature. And so you really have to trust in God to discern what is the right thing to do when we're talking about justice and um, a, a great analogy of justice that I um recently um seen in a meme actually it's sort of interesting, but a meme showed, like the pictures they post online, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so the meme showed three people and each person were standing on a block, but each person had a different height. The first person we would say six feet. Next person was maybe five, five. And the last person maybe was four point um, four feet, um, nine inches. And so if they're all standing on the same block and there's something that they're trying to look over, okay, you know, naturally the one who's four feet nine inches isn't going to be able to see mm-hmm. overall. That's equality because they all have the same height of block to stand upon. But justice comes in when we say um, the one who has, who's nine or six feet tall, they stand on the same size block. The next person is going to get a little bit of a higher block, and then the last one's going to have the highest block, but they're equally being able to see, even though the everybody has a different size block. To me, that's what justice is. It's not about who has the most and who has the least, and then I just give you enough so that you can be equal with everyone else, but I want to make sure that you have the same abilities. And so God is the determining factor in that. I think he understands truly what we need to be successful. And so that's why it's important to rely on his his determination of what is just for us and what's just for others, you know, um, what's rightfully deserving of someone else. How can we bring them back to a place where they're complete or whole? And that's the way that I want to seek out justice. How can I make a population of people group or persons whole again, and that, and I do that through God's eyes. Yes, I think that's that's really good. Um, and I think since God is um, concerned about justice, that definitely trickles down to us as being Christians and being Christ-like. Um, so, and I think it also helps us. We we have to one we have to know what's going on in the world. Um, you can't pray for a, a, an issue if you don't know what's going on. Um, you can't be God's hands and feet if you don't know what's going on. If you feel called to go to a certain place, you I mean you have to know about the issue first of all before you even go go there. Um, I think there there's probably a couple things, and I'm sure you can think of some too, that would stop someone from. Um, being conscious of what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we, we kind of talked earlier about people can get, you can focus on yourself sometimes. Um, if you are caught up, especially if you have some issues going on in your life, um, it can be harder for you to uh, focus on um, things that are going on in the world um, when you got, you know, some things, some personal things that you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Um, yeah, um, 
this this whole black consciousness, yeah, it is definitely it can be um a compromising situation for a Christian. Um, in many ways, and I was looking through some things, and I, I read um, an article that was presented by um, Michelle Baraka. I don't know if you uh-huh. had a chance to read through that one, but it was very interesting because one of the points that he brought up was um, this this potential for this whole black conscious movement to be marketable, and that's something that he was cautious or um, about, and I, I would say more than anything, <clears throat> for me personally as a Christian, I'm more concerned about the uh, the caution of this whole black consciousness being self-pride, um, where we lose sight of us as as people of God, as children of God, that we don't can be so um, you know conscious of our race and um, our our seek for justice that we in fact um discriminate and segregate ourselves from other people or isolate ourselves from other groups um i think one of the things that martin luther king really stood for was unity of all people not just to elevate one specific race um understanding where your race is and in perspective to what's being just and what's unjust but not to the point where now you become you become unjust or um, illegal in your actions towards other people just for the sake of I'm going to get mine. So Mm -hmm. um, I think we have to be mindful of that, not to go too far to the extreme. We have to be balanced in what we do. Yeah, I definitely agree. I once told someone that I have to remember that, you know, I'm a Christian first. And I'm black second. Right. Um, right. And I told the person the first problem I ever had in the world, it wasn't a race problem. It was a sin problem. Amen. The first thing after I was born and, um, you know, I was a baby and I, I learned right from wrong was where I was going to spend my eternity. Right. Right. I feel like that's a much bigger issue than right my race. I mean, it's an important being black. Um, the issues that black people have are right. definitely important. But it's no point in addressing all those issues if you're going to die and spend eternity in hell, yes. in my opinion. Right, right. I, I totally agree with that. That's that's one of the things that um, when I was reviewing this session, it's just I'm a Christian first, um, and then I'm black. Right. And like you said, that, that takes precedence. And sometimes the, the things that my culture aspires to, I don't. I can't necessarily come in alignment with because I am. I am first a child of God. Right, and that, I'm great. You you mentioned that because I'm I'm still working through this myself, and I know so many people watched the Super Bowl, and we saw Beyonce's performance during halftime, and I know it's great that she's addressing some of the issues in the black community, like police brutality, but as a Christian. And like I said, I'm still working through this myself, like hearing some of the lyrics in her song formation, it kind of puts me at a at a dilemma. Like, should I be supporting this or should I not? Like, I, I appreciate what she's doing, bringing light to some of these issues. But as far as her lyrics, as far as some of the things in, in the video, like, I can't I can't fully support all of that. Have you experienced that dilemma also? Yeah, definitely. Like, I I going back to again 
not wanting my my race and the condition of my race and the issues that are going on uh, specifically in America right now with police brutality and all these different things, um, even though they're happening and I do want to seek justice, I want to seek justice um, through God's eyes. And it's, it's, it can be difficult because when you have um, a stream of violence happening, you immediately want to take revenge for yourself, right. you know, right. um, but the word of God tells us that um, revenge is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. And so that's outside of the boundaries of, of where my control takes place. So um, when I look in, you know, at justice and, and the things that are happening, I have to really depend on God and um, trust in the in the word um, and and the things that it tells me to do. But it doesn't tell me to be silent. And I don't want people to mistake that either. The word of God does not tell us to be silent, but he wants us to use wisdom in the way that we go about things. And um, it's never his desire is never to elevate one sector or group of people and forget about the rest. Um, He's a God of salvation so he's out to save all of mankind so there um he's out for the white man just as much as he's out for you know the black man he he desires for them both to be whole so um if i'm only pursuing my own my own um i i guess you would say um benefit then I'm I'm automatically outside of the will of God, hands down, right there. So it really takes a collaboration between both parties, the one who is offended and the one who is doing the offending, um, because I believe they're both um, in need of mercy when when you're going before God. Right, exactly. I was reading a commentary for Isaiah 117, the scripture I mentioned earlier, and the the subtext they had for um, Defend the oppressed was to also it also meant to correct the oppressor, and there are some scriptures in the New Testament that show us how to uh, rebuke people in love, that that show us how to um, lovingly um, treat treat those who might be offending us, and we talked about this earlier on our holiday episode. You, when you see people, um, especially on social media when they're behind a, a screen and when something happens, you see people tweet and post things on Facebook. Oh, this person deserves to die. Or this person deserves this and that. Like you're basically condemning that person, but I mean, God is a judge. We, like you said earlier, vengeance is the Lord's. Yes. What that person did was the person who um, was the attacker or the person who was in the wrong. Yes. What they did was bad. It was sinful, but that doesn't mean that you can go and, um, Proclaim your judgment over that person. That person still um, needs grace, just like how we need grace in our daily lives. You never know how God can um, use that person. We, I think, I talked about how Paul, he was, he was a uh, uh, someone who was attacking Christians. He was someone who was um, killing Christians, and God, ch- literally, he had a moment where he was his life was changed in a minute and God used him. So we never know how how God can end up using people. We need to pray for those people who are um have 
the wrong views about life, which causes them in turn to do the wrong things and commit crimes or treat other people unfairly. We need to keep them in our prayers and just know that and trust that God is dealing with them in his, his perfect timing. And we, we can't do bad just because someone is doing bad to us. Like yeah. as Christians, it should be in our hearts to treat others um, the way God tells us to with um, patience and kindness with the fruit of the spirit pretty much. Yeah. The um I truly believe the greatest justice that we can ever give as mankind is repentance and forgiveness. Um those are two things that just sort of exemplify justice in our human being. Is being able to say I'm sorry and the other person being able to say I forgive you. Um that's justice served. And we go from there and we we build in the right direction. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Show Barocker earlier, and I really I like his album Talent Talent Ten. It's a it's a good album that addresses a lot of the issues going on, um, not just in the black community, but um, in different aspects of life. And there's all oh, different aspects of life for other other um, cultures and races. And there's also some other um, Christian artists that have also talked about the issues going on in the world, um, such as Lecrae. Um, Andy Mineo, Triple E, and Propaganda, and an artist named Thistle, and just touching on um, some of their their songs. Um, Propaganda. He is an artist with the uh, Humble Beast label. I know his name might sound sound kind of weird. I don't know if you have you listened to him before. Um, I haven't. Mm-mm. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. He's a very very conscious artist, and I appreciate. Um, when artists do talk about issues, because when I was um, transitioning from secular music to uh, Christian Christian music, I listened to a lot of um, secular hip hop, uh, people like To Live Quali, Most Def, and I mean, I won't lie, I mean, I still do sometimes, but I appreciated the fact that they were just involved in knowing what was going on in the community, and I looked for that in artists on on the Christian side as well. Um and um artists like Lecrae and Propaganda, they do that too. And there were a couple articles um about especially last month in Black History Month how they they talked about these artists opinion on on social issues um not just um within their songs which are great too. And Propaganda his real name is Jason Petty and we'll put links to all these articles in our show notes. And he said that I think the idea of a Christian having an issue with that is more telling of who that Christian's actual matter is. Often what that reveals is sort of a Christianity that is really patriotism, a Christianity that is more about desiring to protect a way of life and comfortability rather than a willingness to follow Jesus wherever that road goes. Specifically in the American fabric, our tribalism runs deep. But it runs deep towards patriotism and this picture of American elitism. And that's just a quote from an article he did with Relevant Magazine about the church and racial reconciliation. Um, and we know that there's the Black Lives, Black Lives Matter movement um, that is um, fighting for equality within uh, police, br- police brutality. And a lot of they talk to a lot of artists um, about their their uh, ideas on the issue. And he's talking here about 
how we all, like we said earlier, we're all one people. We we can't. And I saw a really good example about this trying to explain um, what Black Lives Matter is about. And if you think about it from another perspective of what it, the article said that, well, it might have been a meme. Like you, you talked about a meme earlier. It said, um, oh, we need to feed the hungry people. It's not saying that it's not wrong to say, okay, we have to feed all people. But we, we're calling out this, the Pacific this the need to feed the hungry people because they they need food likewise when we say black lives matter we're not saying okay all lives don't matter but we need to call attention to this particular people because that's where um they're having they're having issues with um what's going on in their lives um they're having issues that other cultures um are having and he's talking here there might be cultures um the we might have, you know, white people who might be having an issue with those types of movements. But like we said earlier, if God is concerned about injustice, he's concerned about the uh, the issues that other people are going through, then those who are offended by Black Lives Matter, they need to understand what what God is really his his opinion in this and that he he created everyone and he created us all the same that like the scripture said earlier he's no respect or person so for people that have an issue with it they need to understand that God is for not just for a certain group if he was for any group you know it would probably be the Jews and I think that's where he showed the opportunity that he was for everyone when he you know invited the Gentiles into a relationship with him as well and if anyone could have said no I can't accept a group of people I think in that, in that moment when God said okay I'm going to graft the Gentiles into relationship with me that's that's everyone else so we should be open to you know having a relationship and looking for equality with everyone else as well yeah, I would really like to um, see a conversation between African, predominantly African-American churches and predominantly white um, American churches. I think that's something that should be stimulated in our society now um, so that we as a Christian body can have understanding between the two groups um, so that we I think it's important for black people to understand white people in their views. And then it's also just as important for white people to understand black people in their views, especially in the church, because um, like one of the artists was saying, um, I do believe that it is the church's responsibility to lead this, this, you know, these black white issues. We should be the leaderships in, um, in discrimination and in in guiding people in how to um, be together, you know. Right. So. Right. Uh, I guess really quickly, Lecrae in his song "Welcome to America," he talked about the issues um, from um, different perspectives. I like how he didn't just use his perspective in that song, but he also talked about um, the perspective of an immigrant of an army veteran and this will he's a rapper and a christian rapper in missouri who was very active in um ferguson after mike brown was shot he gave he worked in giving the community 
and we've see, all seen uh, the news where he, where people were very outraged uh, what was going on. He set up things for people to be able to voice their opinions in in a peaceful and in a I guess comforting environment instead of people like going out and being destructive. He tried to give people outlets uh, to to express how they felt. So I'm, I know that it was definitely a help for the for the community. And there was also a woman named Michelle Higgins who spoke at a evangelical church conference called Urbana. And then she also did an interview with uh, Relevant Magazine as well. And she talked about like what you were talking about earlier with the church and leading with um, social issues. And she said, I believe the church lost momentum. The church in the 70s and the 80s began to separate justice and reconciliation. And in truth, those two words should be interchangeable. Reconciliation is not just a hug and a kiss. And now we're okay. True reconciliation involves equity, racial equity. The church became comfortable in just holding hands and singing. The church became comfortable in pulling all our happy times putting all our happy times inside the sanctuary and beginning to ignore a wave of injustices outside of the sanctuary walls. The church has decided to protest for innocent victims instead of do a holistic cry for the sanctity of all life, those who are naughty and those who are nice. We have missed our chance to be the Black Lives Matter movement. And I do think there's a lot of opportunities, like you said earlier, for the church to lead um, those those types lead on those types of issues um, and would, and would definitely require the churches to be more unified. We can't expect a church that doesn't have you know like any black members to be too concerned well I'm sure they're concerned about it, but not as concerned as a church that might be more diverse where that impacts them more than a church that might not be as um, as diverse, so we should definitely. Uh, well, they should definitely just look more uh, into being involved if they can, or at least. In, and and I think propaganda also talks about this in one of his interviews that sometimes I mean at church if you're in like a rural place like Kansas somewhere there might not be black people I think that's just that just means you really need to be more in tune with like the news and you have the internet and you can learn about things just because it's not you're not seeing it on a day-to-day basis um it's easier for you to shut it out but we all have well mostly everyone has access to the internet we have on our phones our our laptops and things and we can at least read about what's going on and and pray about it if we can't if it's not affecting us in our day-to-day lives. And and I think some of the next steps that Christians can take is, like we said, just remembering grace for people who are treating people well, um, who are, we might, I wouldn't say the enemy, but just people who are being on the other side of racism, people who are on the other side um, that we are trying to get um, them to see that we should be treated equally. 
that we should just keep them in our prayers. Not just people who are being affected by the situations, but the people who are causing it as well. To pray for their salvation, for them, for God to open their eyes to see that all people are created equal. And there are also, like you said, Shabaraka has his. Um, I don't know if you called out his. The, the name of his movement is called the End Campaign. No, I didn't. Yeah, the, yes. And their their mission statement is it says the End Campaign is an urban coalition that promotes the voice of human flourishing in the socio political arena. We seek to assert biblical wisdom and restore the true narrative of humankind to its rightful prominence, which is justice for all. And their Facebook page says. They are urban Christians are determined to reassert ourselves into America's political and cultural arena. We refuse to settle for civic and community engagement that forces us to either neglect our compassion or surrender our convictions. From mass incarceration to the right of life, it's time to engage in advocacy that better reflects the love and truth of the gospel. And I think that's that's a really interesting movement. I'm curious to see where it goes. I know right now they're based out of Atlanta. But like I said, as Christians, we have this dilemma. And it seems like this campaign is a step forward in, in helping people um, with that dilemma. Because especially in politics, like we have to choose sometimes. You know, we have candidates that kind of seem, you know, almost right. We kind of look at how they stand um, and they might be right in one area. Um, they might be pro-life, but then they're pro-gay marriage or something. So we kind of have to like pick and choose like who's, I guess, the less less sort of evil sometimes when we're, we're voting. But it seems like this movement is kind of working to make sure we have a hopefully one day a candidate that not only, you know, as a good leader, but leads from a biblical standpoint as well. Yeah. And I know people say we're not electing a, a pastor, we're electing the president, but still as the person who's leading this country, or if we claim to be, you know, a nation under God, then you would think we would have someone who takes God into consideration when they're making laws or um, with their platform, with the things that they stand for. So we, I think, I think that in, the AND campaign is a, a really good step in the right direction, and hopefully it'll spread throughout, um, throughout the country. Yeah. And we also, I just have to remember on, on social media how we, when we are reacting to these types of um, events that might be racially motivated, um, things that are going on, civil injustices that are going on. We just have to remember our words to I know we are emotional and sometimes people, you know, behind the screen, it's easier to tweet out things. We just have to remember um, who we are in Christ and how how Christ will want us to to uh, react to these situations. Uh, even if you find yourself, I guess, interacting with someone on Twitter or on Facebook, you might post something and then someone comments. You just just think of it as an opportunity to kind of share your view, but you don't have to attack the person. They might be disagreeing with you, but just remember um, that you have an opportunity to not just uh, speak against the issue, but to share Christ as well with them. So we just have to remember, like, if you're 
if you're going to attack that person on social media, then you're going to, and then, and that, especially if that person knows you're a Christian, it's like, oh, is that how Christians act? Like, this Christian just went off on me. Like, you got to think, um, like, am I representing Christ in this moment? So that's something we definitely need to keep in mind. Um, I don't know if you've ever gotten into any arguments on social media. <laughs> yeah, I try to stay away from that. I typically just inbox a person if, you know, there's a conversation that I want to open up or, you know, discuss some things with the person's perspective. I don't usually get on social media and argue. It just causes a mess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good to take it, um, I guess, in the inbox and not go back and forth in front of, I guess, the whole, your whole friend list. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll be talking like, you see what so-and-so said? You'd be talking, and you might get turned into a meme or something. I don't right. know. <laughs> and that's good. And I would encourage, if people can, if you can, if it's if you get into uh, some type of argument with someone you know, to meet offline and talk about it, like right. face-to-face. Right. Um, don't, you know, online we get, you know, all in our feelings. And things can get taken, just like when you're texting somebody and they don't can't feel like the tone of your voice or... um they can't get the full context of what you're saying. I'm sure if you guys, if you're able to maybe get together and just talk about the issue, you never know what could come out of that. Um, just definitely be open to, um, open to maybe meeting that person, that person in person. You don't know what could happen. So do you have any more, I guess, any thoughts, any closing thoughts you would like to share well, just to you know, always keep God first, and like in in your in your thoughts, I I, I try to, um, especially you know, being an African American female in 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 the U.S., you know, um, you're constantly watching, you know, on TV, social media, you know, it's this whole black white issue that's really really like especially in our communities maybe it's just even more heightened um that we're really talking about it um um when, even up to like the presidency and you know like you said um our the way that we've spoken out the oscars and people protesting the oscars you know it's just constantly our day-to-day in in the black um community um and right now I'm working with a, a group um, in Apopka centered around same, you know, social injustices, trying to um, create this community um, or get this community together so that we can address the issues that are going on, the the poverty, the safety, the you know, you name it. And um, when it's so constant like that, you know, it can be overwhelming and it can also be sort of in a... You, you can become hopeless, I guess, in some ways. Like, will things ever change for us? Um, yeah. And so, I guess, in closing, my last thing is just, you know, always remain focused on God and um, always bring these things to Him, you know, um, that we don't go to the world for our answers in any matter. So, don't go to the world for the answers of, um, for the answer for social injustice either those things are still in God's hands and so at the end of the day um, um remain before God and ask him to lead and guide you from day to day and just release some of those thoughts because it can really stir up hatred in your heart towards one another 
towards a black man, towards a white man, um, whoever. So um, just always constantly bringing your heart before God that he corrects it, that he um, be, he sort of ciphers through what um, you should be thinking about and what is true and what isn't and not just from a place of the way that I feel and getting caught up in my own emotions and how I feel about the situation, but understanding it from all perspectives and through the eyes of God. So um, that's one thing that I, I have to check myself on constantly. It's just like keeping my heart ever before God in, in relations to these matters, because they can be overwhelming as an African-American female. Right. Definitely keeping God first is so important. And you talked about being hopeless, I don't know if you watched the Blackish episode that came on last month. Yeah, it was I did. really good. It was yeah, a good episode. Yeah. And I think it was the oldest daughter, Zoe. Like she was kind of hopeless with what was going on, um, with everything that was going on in, in that episode. And we just have to remember and I know that she her reaction was kinda different. They kinda didn't think she cared because she was silent, but in the end, like she was she was crying. It was really um devastating to her the things that was going on and we have to turn to God like in those times when we get frustrated and all the things that's going on today it's definitely easy to uh, get caught up in it's what's going on you might think oh um, maybe God doesn't care about this particular race or or my particular gender but we have to remember that God cares for everyone. He He created us. He loved us so much that he sent his only son to die for our sins, not just for um, the Jews, but for everyone who who can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ um, rose from the dead. And I think that's great to remember also with, with Easter coming up, um, that this is um, something that we should remember. And as he told us to do during the last supper, my church talked about that today, um, that he, he did this for us. So we should live for him. No one has made, you know, a sacrifice like God did for us. So we should definitely keep his commands in our hearts. And one of his, the things he told us to do is to treat others as how we would want ourselves to be treated. And we, everyone wants to be loved. Everyone wants, everyone wants to be treated fairly. And even though there are people out in the world who kind of, they might have twisted that and they might have loved themselves to the point where they think their attributes, such as their race or their gender, make them superior to others, we still have to treat them as we want to be treated. When we have to pray for um, their salvation, I think if I was, if I had the wrong thoughts about something that I would want someone to be praying for me, um, I would want to, that God would open my eyes. So I think we just have to remember to keep the morality of that person to know that whatever's going on in their mind, that God can change it, that they're not set um, to remember that like we mentioned earlier, like Paul, his original name was Saul and he persecuted Christians. So we never know um, how God can change people. Um, as far as um, injustice, uh, race issues, I do believe that God is concerned about that. Um, like we said, he created everyone um, and he sees us the same. He doesn't, and that's another point, like he doesn't just see us on the outside. He sees our hearts. He sees our motives. And I think we have to remember that and that's a, a point I didn't get to, but he sees our 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 internal because he yes we we look different on the outside, but 
what really makes us um, important, what makes us um, different from others, what what separates us, our, our gifts, our our mindsets, and that's something you can't see by just looking at a person. You have to get to know that person, and I. I, we just have to believe that there's a reason that God made us all to look different, but we all still look at his, we all still are made in his image, but we also have like things inside of us that are different too. And we need to um, embrace those things as well. So thank you for your time, Miss Welty. Oh, no problem. I know you are a very busy nurse. And <laughs> I actually, I'm just thankful that you were able to it was a, we were able to have this conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. And hopefully we can have you on again sometime. Yeah. And, uh, and hopefully if you have um any feedback for us, you can uh reach the show. You can go to our website, um dot com and our email is just uh www.goandgrow Ah, no www in email. Just go and grow show at gmail dot com. Uh, we also are on iTunes. If you want to leave us a review, we would greatly appreciate it to give us some feedback. Any potential topics you want us to talk about? Um, but we're just thankful that you are out there listening, and we hope you are all doing great. And until the next episode, take care, you all. Bye bye. Thanks again for tuning into this episode. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Please check out our show notes for links to the articles we mentioned. I also created a playlist in the notes featuring the artists we talked about as well. If you haven't heard Precious Puritans by Propaganda, I highly recommend checking out the playlist and listening to that song. The notes are located at www.growandgrowshow.com backslash EP7. Feel free to check out the other features on our site too, such as our event calendars. You never know what you might find. Take care.